Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Zealand Teaching Podcast. We are a local church in Zealand, Michigan, and we desire to know Christ and to make Him known. We invite you into the same journey with us now as we open the scriptures and as we ask God to teach us and reveal Himself to us in His Word. Thanks for stopping by. morning. So I'm thinking about buying a new car. Gwen's heart just went into panic. In maybe two or three years. See, I have a 2006 GMC Envoy, and it's got 230,000 miles on it. It's in pretty good shape right now. It's starting to get a little rust here and there on it, and Waxing a car with rust just isn't that much fun. And it doesn't get that shiny anymore. And I have a few problems with it, but most of them can be fixed if you just turn up the radio. <laughs> but I'm anticipating someday I'm going to buy a new vehicle. And so I'm already looking. Now, I don't think the car that's in the lot down at Ageless Auto is going to be there in two or three years when I want to buy one. But I know that someday I'm going to get to buy another vehicle. I should say another. New might not be in the picture, okay? I'm going to buy another vehicle. And I like to go down and I like to look at the trucks. And I like to look at the SUVs. And then I think, oh boy, the way gas prices are going, maybe I need to look at a little tiny hybrid car or something and shrink it up. But I have this anticipation of buying a new vehicle in a couple of years. Now, just let me throw this out there. Can you imagine two or three years of, and really, I just want to make this one last. I like to drive them till they drop, or they're just not worth fixing anymore. So that's my thinking, and I think if I could get a couple of more years. So enjoy with me. I get this anticipation. I get to look at them. I think, man, I'd like that one. I'd like that one. I think this would be good. That would be good. Can you imagine if I did that for two or three years? I own the car for a few weeks or months, and then I have an accident and I total it out. All that anticipation, all that excitement, all that joy of looking, and it's gone. Now it's a car, it's a vehicle, it can be replaced. But this morning, our story is about Abraham. And here is a man who was excited and anticipated and looked forward to the day, someday, when he and Sarah would have a son. And then all of a sudden, God says, I want you to sacrifice your son. So we're in Genesis chapter 22 this morning. And I want to read this story to you. And you can just remain seated. You can worship God seated or standing, but we've just been standing. So let me read this. Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Later on, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. God says, take your son, your only son, yes, 
Isaac, who you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will point out to you. The next morning, the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped the wood and built a fire, or he chopped the wood to build a fire in a burnt offering and set out for the place where God told him to go. And on the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the young men. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the knife in the fire. And the two of them went on together. Isaac Isaac said, Father, yes, son, Abraham replied. We have wood and we have fire, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? God will provide a lamb, my son, Abraham answered. And they both went on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told Abraham to go, he built an altar and placed the wood on it. Then he tied Isaac up and laid him on the altar over the wood. And Abraham took a knife and lifted it up to kill his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord shouted to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, here am I. Lay down your knife, said the angel. Don't hurt the boy in any way. For I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld even your beloved son from me. Then Abraham looked up, and he saw a ram caught by the horns in a bush. So he took the ram, and he sacrificed it on, as a burnt offering on the altar in place of his son. And Abraham named the place Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord will provide This name has now become a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be seen. So I want this morning just to go through this story and make comment as we work through it. It starts out and it says, after these things, or later on. Well, after what things? So let's just go back a chapter. Chapter 21. Abraham, a hundred years old. Sarah, 90 years old. And they finally have a son. They have been wanting a son since they were married. So go back maybe 75 years ago, 70 years ago. And they were thinking, oh God, if we could only have a son, if we could only have a son, oh God. And they didn't. In fact, let's, let's back up a little farther. Abraham's name at one time was Abram, which means exalted father. But God came to him one day and he said, I'm going to change your name to Abraham, which is father of many. So can you imagine for a hundred years, or not for a hundred years with that name, but all those years go by and he meets someone, and let me pick a name, uh, Abimelech is in this last chapter, 
And uh, the guy says, hi, I'm Abimelech. And he says, hi, I'm Abram, Abraham, which means father of many. And he looks at him and he says, well, how many kids do you have? None. That was an odd name. Why would God name him the father of many when he has no children? Um, but Isaac, in this chapter 21, is finally born. The son that he had been waiting for for so long. So we have the birth of Isaac. Remember when Abraham and Sarah were waiting for a son and God had promised them a son and it just didn't happen? And so Abraham and Sarah thought, well, this must be the plan. I'll give him my handmaid, Hagar, and maybe we could have a son there. And so Abraham goes with Hagar. He has a son named Ishmael. Even while, Hag- even while Hagar is pregnant, she's kind of throwing it in Sarah's face. I'm pregnant, you're not. And that hurts Sarah. And then after Ishmael is born, in chapter 21, it shows us Ishmael is picking on Isaac. And this is causing some real tension in this household. You've got a woman who had a baby first, and you got that son, and they're both kind of against Sarah and Isaac. And Sarah says to Abraham, they've got to leave. And so Abraham has Hagar and Ishmael leave their house, and now there's some peace and quiet in the house. And then later in chapter 21, there's Abimelech, and he's the king, and he sees Abraham and how Abraham's life is prospering and how God is blessing him. And Abimelech goes to Abraham and he says, I'd like to make a treaty with a guy like you. You're the kind of guy I need a treaty with. I mean, Abraham didn't go to this ruler. The ruler came to Abraham. And so they made a treaty that they would be good to each other. And really in the, in the last part of 21, Abraham plants a tree and he says, I'm going to remember this place. And life was good. He had a son, he had peace in his home, and he had peace in the country. Life was good for Abraham. So after those things, later on, God tested Abraham. Now some Bibles might say he tempted Abraham. And let's be real clear, God does not tempt us to evil. Look at James chapter 1. God doesn't tempt us toward evil or to harm us. God tests us so that when we come forth, we're more mature or we've grown in in Him and to make us better. So God comes and He's going to do something in Abraham's life that would make him better. And my translation said He was going to test his faith and his obedience. So God calls Abraham and Abraham says, here I am. And I don't think God was really looking like, Abraham, Abraham. I think God said, Abraham, and Abraham said, God, I'm right here. What do you need? Well, God says, take your son, your only son. Now, I just told you, Abraham had two sons. God says, take your son of promise, your unique son, your only begotten son. Um, Ishmael was a son of his flesh. So God says, take this son. And let's be real clear. He says, Isaac, the one you have loved so much. Love so much, 
I said to you that I was looking forward to a truck in a couple of years. Abraham and Sarah have probably been married for 70 or 75 years, and the whole time for 75 years, they're looking for a son, and they can't wait for a son. Abraham dreams about the day he'll be able to watch his son play t-ball or, or ride the sheep. And I say ride the sheep because when I was a kid, I rode my dad's pigs. Um, he's trying to fatten him up, and he's gone to work, and I get on a pig, and I hang on to those ears, and I rode like crazy. You can't tell me a shepherd boy didn't get on those sheep and take them for a ride. And Abraham was anticipating the day his son would come home and say, that was the best riding pig. We had a black boar, little Joe, best riding pig I ever had. Abraham couldn't wait for those days. Abraham loved Isaac all those years, even before he was born, because he wanted a son to pour himself into, to watch him grow, to watch him be a part of him, to watch him in the fields and and with the flocks and in the family business, and just to grow and learn the trades and, and to be a part of something. And God says, take the son that you love so much, and I want you to sacrifice him. sacrifice him. I think I would have said, God, say that again. I want you to sacrifice the son you love so much. And the first thing that would have come to my head would have been, why? What's happening? What are you thinking? But Abraham, it said in that first verse, God was testing his obedience and his faith. Abraham prepares to do that. God said, go to the land of Moriah, sacrifice him there for a burnt offering. The next morning, Abraham got up ready to getting, getting ready to sacrifice his son. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what that night was like. I don't know if he struggled with God. I don't know if he said, God, I'll obey you and roll over and go to sleep. Because for all of his obedience, remember, this is the heart of a father. And his heart must be breaking to sacrifice his son. And yet he says, I'll be obedient to God. So the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him, along with Isaac. And he chopped wood to build for a fire for the burnt offering. You know what? If I was Abraham... I probably would have said, God, yeah, I'll go. That's, that's good, I'll go. But I need some new sandals first, and delivery's kind of slow. God, I'll go, but I need a donkey. And I have a donkey that just had a colt. So when that colt's big enough to carry the wood, I'll go. Or God, I need wood, and you know that tree I just planted? When it's big enough, I'll chop it down, and then I'll go. Abraham got ready immediately, and he went to obey the Lord. He got the donkey, he got the wood, he got the fire, they headed out. He traveled with his servants for three days. And for three days in Abraham's mind, his son was dead. He knew. The end was, this boy is going to die. On the third day, he saw the place. So he says to his young men, The boy and I will travel a little farther. So he's going to leave the young men behind. I want to ask you something. Why do you think Abraham 
would be so quick to obey God. What was in his heart and in his mind? In chapter 21, it says, For Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. God made one promise to Abraham. He said, Abraham, you have a son Isaac. Through your son Isaac, you will have many descendants. And Abraham grabbed that one promise that God gave him, and he said, I'm going to move forward with that one promise. Let me ask you, has God asked you to do anything difficult? What has God asked you to do? And you say, boy, I couldn't do that. Has God asked you to be a Sunday school teacher or just a helper or a youth group teacher or helper? Maybe God has called you and said, I want you to volunteer at an organization. Well, Lord, that's not a Christian organization. That's okay. You go and be Jesus. Lord, I got a neighbor that's not very kindly, and I just keep feeling like you want me to go over there and talk to him. And I don't do it. Does God ever impress on your heart, I want you to be a witness for me. I want you to tell someone about me. And you go, oh boy, I don't know if I can do that. Listen, Abraham put everything on one promise he had from God. Let me tell you this. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Could you take one promise and move forward? You need another one? Romans 8, For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels or principalities or powers or, th- or things present or things to come or height or depth nor any other creation shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. God promises he will always love you. Can you move forward with that? Matthew 6 says, Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Could you take that promise and move on? Ephesians 3 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask, or even think God does more for you than you can even in your wildest dreams imagine. Could you move on with that? Philippians 4 says, But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Could you move on with that? Abraham had one promise through Isaac will be your seed. And he moved forward. Let me ask you, what is God calling you to today? And you have a book full of promises I'll instruct you, I'll teach you, I'll guide you with my eye in the way that you would go. Do you need wisdom and guidance? God says, I'll do that, just look to me. We have promise after promise after promise, and Abraham had one. I ask you this morning, could we move forward? Let's go on in the story. And he says, and we will worship. In the midst of Abraham's hardest time in his life, The first thing he tells them that we're going to do is we're going to go worship the Lord. God is the same to Abraham no matter if he's 
in a good place in life at the end of chapter 21, or if he's struggling with the idea of being obedient and offering his son Isaac, he says, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take my son, and no matter what is going on in my life, I will worship God. And he said, I'm going to do it with my son. He says, we. And then he says, after I worship God, we are going to come back. Because Abraham believed God that his seed would be through his son Isaac, no matter how that would happen. But he says, we'll be back. So Abraham placed the wood and the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. Let me ask you, how old was Isaac? Some might think he was a young boy, uh, uh, sometimes eight years old. He can find everything on Google. (laughs) Just check, how old was Isaac? Think about this. Rabbinic teaching says Isaac was probably 37 years old. Um, Isaac was born when Sarah was 90. At the beginning of chapter 23, the first verse, Sarah dies and she's 127. And they believe that as soon as Abraham got back, and told Sarah what happened, she died. That's their thinking. So just place him anywhere as a young man because he is man enough to carry all of the wood that they're going to need for a sacrifice. So they load up the wood, and he places it on his shoulders, and Abraham carries the knife and the fire. And the two of them went on together, and and Isaac asked him, Father, where's the lamb? And Abraham says, you know what, son? I don't know how God's going to do this, but God will provide a lamb for us. When they had arrived at the place where God had told Abraham to go, he built an altar, and he placed the wood on it. Now, I'm quite confident that Isaac helped Abraham to build the altar that he himself would be sacrificed on. I want to read to you from Hebrews chapter 11, and it gives us an account of this story. And it says, It was by faith that Abraham offered up Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, through, though God had promised him. Isaac is a son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham assumed, and I don't like that word, let me, let me come back to it. Abraham assumed that if Isaac died, God would bring him back to life again. Abraham's thought, I'm going to slay my son, I'm going to kill my son, but God will bring him back to life again. That word assume, um, your King James may have accounting. Other versions have Abraham considered And if you go back to the Greek word, okay, I'm not the scholar here, Pastor Jeremy. I can't write it and I can't say it. But if you take the Greek word and go to the the meaning of that Greek word, it's logic. Okay? So Abraham used logic in this whole thing. You know what he did? He went to himself, he stood there and he thought to himself, okay, um, God, back in chapter 21, verse 1, the first, first verse, it says, and God did as he promised and gave Abraham a son. 
All right, God, you promised me that. Abraham reasoned out, God, you have always been faithful. God, every time you said something, it became true. God, you have never let me down. God, in every issue of life you've been there. And as he sorted through this thing, as Abraham considered God, he moved on. Listen, let me, let me illustrate considered. Years ago, this isn't like car day, but I had a 1978 Ford pickup that I was going to sell. I never should have. 78, best truck they ever made, okay? Um, my friend Rex told the guy about my truck, and he came and looked at it. And I was asking a lot of money for it. I, I put a lot into it. I bought it. I did a ton of repairs. I took my truck. I added up every repair I did, and that was the price I was asking. So I, I had a big price on it. It was in good shape. But what Rex told this guy was, if Mark says it's good, it's good. And I know this because when the guy that bought my truck came into the store where I was working, and I said to him one day, how's the truck running? And he'd always say, sweet. That was his word, sweet. But here's what he said to me. Rex told me that if you said it was good, it was good. He looked at the condition of my truck. He looked at the high price I had on it. But he considered what he knew about me. If I said it was good, it was good. Abraham considered what God said. And because God said, sacrifice your son. Because God said, through your son, that was good enough for Abraham. When he thought about everything he knows about God. I think Abraham as they were building the altar, was tilling... Okay, this isn't Scripture. May I give you my, my thought here? I think as Abraham and Isaac were building the altar, that Abraham was telling Isaac what he considered about God and what God called him to do. I think he said, Isaac, I don't even understand it, but God promised me, through you would be my seed, and God has never lied. God is always faithful. He's always true. And I think they had a conversation because the next verse says, and Abraham bound Isaac. Now you tell me how a 100-year-old guy is going to bind a 37-year-old or 20 or something. I used to wrestle with my nephew and my son, and I could always whip him. But now my nephew stands this tall above me. And just a few weeks ago, I looked at him and I said, I could still take you. <laughs> Do you think a hundred-year-old guy is going to take this young teenager when he knows he's going to be bound and sacrificed? I think, I think Abraham shared with Isaac what was happening. All right, we've got to keep moving here. Um, Abraham took the knife and he lifted it up. This was a big knife. This was the same knife, if you look in Judges 19, where a knife was used and dismembered a person. This is a knife for killing. This is a knife for dismembering. And Abraham is going to take this knife and he's going to slay his son. And I even have to back up a little bit. They put the wood on the altar 
Abraham bound Isaac. They had the altar, put the wood on the altar. He put Isaac on the altar. And he stood there, and I, in my heart I think, he's thinking, how can I kill him quickly? But not only was he going to kill his son, he was to sacrifice him as a burnt offering. He was going to take his son, he was going to kill him in a burnt offering. You dismember the, the, the offering on a pile. Remember it said he took fire? He was going to take fire, he was going to light that wood on fire, and he was going to totally, completely burn up this sacrifice. Isaac was going to be reduced to a pile of ashes. It's one thing to think God is going to take this body and he's just going to bring life back to a body. He was expecting God to sort through the wood and the ash and still bring Isaac back, even from ashes. This was a burnt offering. This is his God who is so great, he could do that. And he stands there ready, knowing what he's going to do, how he's going to slay him and then burn his son. And the angel hollers, Abraham, And he says, I'm listening. And the angel said, lay down your knife. Do not harm the boy in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You've not withheld even your beloved son from me. What was the test? Why was God asking Abraham to sacrifice his son? Because God wanted to know, Abraham, do you love your son more than me? And the only way he could know is, Would you give up your son? Abraham had waited years for this son. He looked at his son with thrill and joy and excitement. There might have been a few hard days. Um, He enjoyed this son. He loved his son. This was the joy of his heart. And God said, do you love me more than Isaac? Let me ask you this morning, do you love anything more than God? What if God asked you to give up something in your life? Would you give anything up for God's honor and glory? Can you imagine Abraham's thrill? Wait, stop. Don't do this. Remember Abraham said, we're going up to worship, and we're going to worship one way or another. And he looks and he sees a lamb over in the bush. He had his horns all tangled in there. And Isaac goes over. Abraham goes over. He takes the lamb and he sacrifices him as a burnt offering. He takes that lamb. He lays it on the altar. He cuts its throat. He dismembers it. He lights the fire. He burns it till it's a pile of ashes. And then he names this place. And Abraham named the place Jehovah Jireh. Okay? I don't have the Jewish pronunciation like Pastor Jeremy. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Can you imagine in Abraham's greatest need, in the greatest moment of his life, he was going to have to sacrifice his son, and God comes along. That sounds so wrong. And God comes, and he says, here, here's a substitute. 
And God provides for Abraham in his greatest need. At the end of that verse, it says, On the mountain of the Lord it will be seen. And I couldn't figure that out at all. And I had to listen to sermons. I had to read all I could find. And here's what that verse means. God didn't just give us this story for a story or even just to tell us about Abraham. God gave us this story and there's a mount, this, this, this sentence here, on the mount of the Lord it will be seen. There's a bit of excitement. There's anticipation. There's looking ahead to something else that would come. Do you know this same story is told in the New Testament? Let me tell you. You know how Isaac was promised before he was born? In the New Testament, there's another child who was promised before he was born. Remember how Isaac was a miracle birth? This woman, Sarah, in a 90-year-old womb, now has a child. In the New Testament, a young virgin, now in her womb, has a child. In the Old Testament, God said, name him Isaac. In the New Testament, the angel said, you will call his name Jesus. Isaac was the only begotten son of Abraham. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the son of unique relationship. The son would be offered by the father in the same way Abraham did. God freely gave Jesus his son. Both of them carried wood on the way. And this is most amazing to me. God told Abraham to go to Mount Moriah in the Old Testament called Mount Moriah. That same mountain in the New Testament is called Golgotha. Jesus went to the same place. God gave us his story in the Old Testament and he repeats it in the New Testament with our Savior. In Abraham's heart, Isaac was dead for three days. Each day they traveled for those three days, Abraham knew Isaac was dead. Jesus dies on the cross and he is dead for three days. Hebrews tells us that God gave Abraham, gave Isaac back to Abraham as if resurrected. Our Savior Jesus is resurrected. Pastor Jeremy, you and your team should come up. Um, the story changes a little bit. Abraham was spared having to sacrifice his son. But Romans 8.32 says of God that he spared not his own son but delivered him up for all of us. Jesus is also the Lamb. The Bible says that all have sinned. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. My sin bears a penalty. 
I should pay the penalty for that sin. It is eternal separation from God. And yet God supplies, as in the story in the Old Testament, God supplies a lamb in the New Testament who is Jesus. And God would lay on this lamb the iniquity or the sin of all of us. And that substitutionary lamb of the Old Testament is Jesus in the New Testament. And he takes my place. When I am lost, when I am without Christ, my greatest need is a substitutionary lamb, and God gives to us that lamb. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, that the world through him, our greatest need would be met in the one who provides for us, Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides, sends the lamb to take our place. Let's pray. Father, we give you our worship as our thanks and praise to you. As with Abraham and his greatest need, you provided a lamb. You, Father, provide the lamb, Jesus, to take our sin. And now if we receive you, if we accept you, if we place our faith in you, in this person of Jesus Christ, allow him, accept him as our our substitutionary lamb that we can have a right relationship with you thank you God Jehovah Jireh for being our provider Amen Thanks for listening we hope that what you heard inspires you to take the next step in your faith if you have questions about this message or would like more information about our church we invite you to check us out at fbczealand.org or call us at 616-772-4377.